and welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. I'm Vince, and I'm here with my co-host Stevie D. And Stevie D, again, not to be like Groundhog Day, not to be too repetitive, but we're into our our shows, and each show is kind of like watching the clock go by, right? Because each show brings us a week closer to training camp. I can't wait. Right. When, when we get to the end of our top 10, I'm, I'm just I'm going to be spent. Right. Because I am so amped up and all the energy is flowing. And, you know, just to know that, you know, finally, all that weight, all that time has finally led up to my Buffalo Bills, my Buffalo Bills. That's right. Let's go Buffalo. Go Bills. In, in their quest. <laughs> Don't even say it. Don't even say it. <laughs> Their quest. We'll just leave it at their quest. You're right. <laughs> I do it all the time. I do it every year. Yeah. I do have to get my Vegas bet in, right? I had my Vegas bet in last year. They were going to be, I think it was plus seven wins. Yeah, took care of that, no problem. I, I had them. I should have had them uh, a bet on the AFC East, but I didn't. I had. Are you, you going to bet the Bills on a plus seventeen this year? Yeah, plus sixteen. Uh, 16 and a half. <laughs> all right. All right. 16 and a half. I already all right, I, I called my shot. I called my shot. So, yeah, I, I got to get my bets in. But we, we've we've gone through the offense, right? We didn't do the offensive lineman. Offensive lineman is very, very, very difficult, right? Um, and, you know, it, there, there's been so many greats that have been out there. Uh, from an offensive lineman perspective, but to really hone in on one, you, you don't have quantified numbers. Quantified numbers, right? Now, I guess you know if you look at Pro Football Focus, they have all kinds of numbers, right? And so I think it, it may be a little easier at this point um, to be able to rank or stat uh, the 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 offensive linemen's in, in any type of poll or anything that you have. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think we, like for me, I started off so big with statistics and then not that I back off statistics, but there's so much more to a player than just they ended up in this tier in sacks and this tier in tackles or this many yards receiving type of deal, right? It, it's hard uh, to to do that. And so there's, you know, leadership qualities, what, what they did to other players around them. Did they take more double teams, for example, on defense? So... Maybe their numbers weren't, but they were just studs, and they just took on more double teams. So there's that free double. There's so many variables, really, um, that I've kind of loosened my stance where I was originally on the quarterbacks, where I've kind of loosened a little bit on the statistics, try to go behind. Yeah, try to go a little bit beyond this, because I like stats, but try to go behind the numbers and, and do a lot more reading, especially on some of these guys that I really didn't get to see play that you heard stories about, but you want to read up on, on some of these guys and understand them a little bit better and how they went about their game. So, no doubt. but Hey, you know, before we get started, um, you know, quickly, I just wanted to uh, bring up a, a gentleman, uh, a big time jet fan um, that, uh, that really was one of the, the big starts to the Facebook pages for the New York jets. We're bringing fans together. Um, and, and his name is Bruce reader and Bruce, is well known at at, uh, at at MetLife Stadium, and when it was uh, Giant Stadium before that, he was a fixture, a season ticket holder. Um, was always encouraging as a Jet fan uh, when you were there. Always gave your time as he gained more and more notoriety as being, you know, a, a diehard Jet fan. You know, sometimes you can get these egos, and, and he was the, the exact opposite. And and I, I really thought. In the reading on the passing of Bruce and listening to former Jet greats Wesley Walker and Mark Gastineau and Joe Klecko um, talk about Bruce and actually uh, tweet and post messages about him to his wife on Facebook um, and, and say how you know deeply we're sorry. And, and another big time Jet fan, Anthony Triola, who's a, a really good friend, he flew up from Florida to, to attend your funeral and. It's sad. Yeah, Bruce died of cancer and, and, uh, and you know, way too young. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to uh, say sorry to hear Bruce and, and to your wife, you know, about your passing. 
and uh, you you made being a Jet fan that much easier and being supportive and all the all the tough times. So rest in peace, Bruce. Uh, the the Jet fan base will take it from here. And uh, again, I just wanted to kind of give a shout out to to Bruce. Yeah, glad you did that. Yeah. And, uh, Thanks. It, it's it, it's it's a nasty disease. Um, and you said uh, so young. It, it, there's no age that's that's too young for that. And um, you know, ha- having words like that for somebody uh, who was integral, you know, to to a fan base, to a population, to a group, um, and that that's what Facebook is, right? It unites people uh, with common interests, and um, you know, certainly, I'm sure he'll be missed and. You know, it's it's great that you extended those words. Those yeah. kind of words. Thank you. So, Stevie D, as we segue and we get ready for for this one, Stevie D, this is this is what tough. We, what do you call this? this? Is defensive lineman? How how do you rate defensive lineman? Right. It, it's hard because you got three positions there. That's on the right. D line, right? So it's and, and not only do you have three positions, <laughs> you have greats and all three positions, yeah. right? Who 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 can go where? And, and that that's what I don't know. And how about the, the defensive ends, depending on your scheme you're in, where like a hybrid line defensive end slash outside linebacker, and you may have gotten cheated maybe on on the defensive line side of the ball compared to a linebacker, because sometimes you, you had some of these hybrids, so it makes it even more challenging because you have to distinguish between linebacker and the lineman for these guys. So it makes it even tougher. Yeah, absolutely right. And to make matters worse, the NFL did not give the defensive lineman their just due as they were playing, right? So we didn't get all of the stats for a lot of the players uh, through the years, right? We ended up um, having to use what we've done in the past, right? And and that is going to a YouTube, that is going to uh, articles that have been written, you know, that talked about the players and having to go from there to, um, you know, really get the insight that we needed to go forward, right? Now, a lot of these guys, right, are, are kind of no-brainers, but there's still another group, and, and how, do you, yeah. how do you put those guys in there? Yeah. Uh, what, what I am going to do is to talk about some of the guys that were not on the list, right? Oh, we're good, gonna, good, because I you have a much more better foresight than me because I didn't think about doing that. So, so I mean, when, when you think about it um, and, and you look at oh, – uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> They're coming in. Uh-oh. It has to be a Bills fan right there. They're already coming in. <laughs> but when you think about it, some of the guys that didn't make the list, right, a Julius Peppers, right? Think about the career Julius Peppers had. Played in 266 games, had almost 160 sacks. A Michael Strahan. Right, everybody knows straight. Fake sack record. Yeah, yeah. We know who the real sack master is. Gastineau, baby. That is exactly why he's not on the top ten. Because <laughs> of Brett Favre. <laughs> well, you know, this is why Gastineau is hanging behind me today, uh, oh. because I knew Strahan may come up today in conversation, <laughs> and I wanted to call out the fake record. <laughs> MG, you're the real sack holder there. Uh, here's another big name that didn't make the list, and that would be Leroy Selman. Now, to the folks in Tampa Bay, they're probably already throwing couches. They're lighting cars on fire. You know, we do not condone that type of activity at all, right? Uh, but these are the type of activities that happened because Leroy Summon didn't make the list. Leroy was a great player, right? Uh, but just when you stack them, you know, one to ten, all of a sudden some of these big names fall out. Here's a well, couple. And, and did his career be shorter in length? Too, I thought Leroy yeah, he was. He got, he, got cut short too. That hurt him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're spot on. Yeah. Um, and then you know the the biggest name probably who didn't make the list was Gino Marchetti. Um, you know, we're talking old time, but Italian. Italian. <laughs> I was waiting for you to key in on that one. Yeah. Uh, but, but he didn't make the list. 
you, you just look at the total body of work in even though he was great and dominant during his era, um, you know, just did not yeah. make our top 10. So, like Hudson in, in what, the tight ends? I mean, Hudson from yes. the Green Bay Packers from the 40s was unbelievable, but it didn't well, make we, it we, we got somebody trying to call their shot over here, right? Now, he he is. He is a uh, a childhood friend growing up. I have to talk about him as well. Childhood, childhood friend growing up. Diehard Bills fan, diehard Buffalo fan, but a diehard sports fan. So um, certainly I can recognize uh, game, recognize his game as he lists some of, some of the players. Quick fact, by the way, about him before we before we get into this. So I was talking to him the other day. Dude, his son is a bowler. He won the men's title in the intercollegiate singles championship. I'm talking baller, right? Has he pitched, uh, you know, done a perfect game? Oh, yeah. Plenty. Oh, plenty. Plenty. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, shouts out to Peter Virgos, uh, Dimitri Virgos' uh, son there. I mean, we're talking straight baller. When he told me that he won, you know, the, the men's intercollegiate, I was like, damn. <laughs> right? I can't ball. I can't even get close to a 300. Even if you put the bumpers on, it, I'm with I you. couldn't come close to a 300. Dude, if I get one strike, game over. Yeah, 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 yeah. I win. Game over. I get a 95, I'm excited. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. All right, so let's do the top 10. Okay. So coming in at number 10, this one took a lot of debate. I actually had to kind of do a little finagling, a little finessing. I'm not going to say that any dollar bills were exchanged in order to get this name on there. But uh, coming in at number 10, I have Chris Dolman. And people may question Chris Dolman, but when you look at Chris Dolman's career, first of all, he was uh, just a, a stalwart for the Minnesota Vikings. You had a player that had 150 sacks. He had just under you know 1,000 total tackles, an eight-time Pro Bowler. When you when you look at Dolman and you look at what he brought to the game consistently, the unfortunate thing for Dolman is that he never got. The, the big recognition, right? The, the player of the year, the APL pro year. He didn't get that. But I'll tell you who gave that to him were the opposition, like the Green Bay Packers, the Detroit Lions, the Chicago Bears, right? And any other AFC or NFC team that went against him, they personally gave him that type of recognition because he was such a force on the field. Stevie D? No, I, you know, Dolan was, you know, in that wheelhouse of that age group when I was younger, right? And uh, from the Vikings. And, you know, I, I think you pretty much said it all. He's got plenty of numbers. Uh, I think he played in an era where you had very dominant. I mean, when you think about his era he played in, he played in the same era as Bruce Smith, played in the same era as Reggie White. So when, when you're talking about Defensive Player of the Year awards, you, you he played in an era where there was just that elite type of players. Um, so you can say it was just bad timing of when he came in the league. <laughs> right. So, sure. you know, he's very deserving to be in, in the top 10 for, again, not to rehash everything you said, but I just think, I don't think he gets some of the um, title or recognitions just because of some of the players that played in, in that time that hurt him. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. All right. So number nine, Number nine, CBD. No, I like you doing it. You you go. I, I oh, like what you do. You're you're the one that had to convince me to put this guy in at number nine. All right. Okay. So I'll go number nine um, from the Los Angeles Rams. Um, Jack Youngblood. What? Oh, nothing. Nothing. No, you're good. I mean, he was an, he was an eight-time All-Pro. I mean, when you think about it, eight-time All-Pro, not a Pro Bowler. Where he was like first team, right? I mean that that's a pretty big deal. He he won two NFC Defensive Players of the Year. Everybody knows who Jack Youngblood. He's a, just a beast. 151 and a half sacks for his career. Just a beast all over the place. And I, I have Jack at, at number nine. All right. Um, I hate putting this team in there. Uh, all right. At number eight is Bob Lilly. Now, Bob Lilly was a force. We know, we know that. <laughs> um, you, you know, kind of what's – the cra- here's the crazy thing first before I get – No, Bob, but you got to say, what team did he play for? 
I, I won't mention that. Well, no, I, I think I think it's important that our listeners know what team he played for. I mean, you're going to mention his name. I tried to get the Southwest, they, the NFC team in, in the state of Texas. Go ahead and say it. Too tall Jones. All right. Too tall didn't make the list. This guy, Bob Lilly, played on that team. For the Dallas team? Go ahead. You can say it. The Dallas Cowboys. Brady Lover. That beat out your Buffalo Bills twice in the season. No, they did not. This team did not. The franchise. No, the name, the franchise. The franchise. Yeah, yeah, we we don't talk yeah. about that. Again, it's an exhibition game. We don't oh. talk about the exhibition games. Exhibition game. That's all it is. Oh. That's all it is. Oh. Uh, but when when you when you look at the highlights, the funny thing is, and especially with some of the older players, and I guess things may be changing a little bit now. Uh, but you would see these players with numbers that really don't correlate to the numbers that we're used to seeing for the position, right? Here he is, number 74, Bob Lilly, right? 74, you, you always think of, you know, a different position. When you when you think of your defensive lineman, you're really thinking of the 90s, right? Uh, and here he is. Uh, but Bob Lilly, you're, you're looking at 11-time Pro Bowler, a seven-time first team All-Pro, um, just very dominant uh, in, in his craft. If you look at total games, he almost played 200 games. You talk about longevity and having the impact. And when we talk about these 196 games, remember, we're not talking at a 16-game schedule. So the length of play, the, the length of time. Here's an interesting fact, and you, you see this again with some of the older players. Bob Lilly's a guy that was drafted in both leagues, right? He was drafted to the NFL as well as drafted to the AFL. But here's the crazy thing. He was drafted in the first round by the Dallas Cowboys. He was drafted in the second round. I don't know what team drafted him in the second round in the AFL, but when you have a stud like that, right, a stud coming out of TCU, but when you have a stud like that that's playing ball, how do you go from the first-round pick and, you know, 13th pick overall? So, I mean, that's, you know, decent. Going to basically the last pick in the AFL of the second round. You're almost a third-round pick. I mean, what what are you thinking? It reminds yeah. me of the Jets front office and the way that they draft. It may have been the Jets, now that I think about that. Oh. You know, your team was in the AFL as well. So you passed on him <laughs> most likely twice. So if you're going to throw the stones, you got to watch because <laughs> your team was right there. Do you know I, who drafted him in the AFL? I do. I'm, I'm looking that up because uh, I am curious of that. I just hope it wasn't the Jets and he spurned the Jets to go to the NFL. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't have that. Okay. Um, I, I don't have that. That would be kind of funny. <laughs> Our statistician took the night off tonight. Actually, the Dallas Texans drafted him. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Uh, okay. So there we are. Uh, Bob Lilly gets in there. I really would like to do number seven because I I had to fight for number seven. No, you know, you know, I offered you the I opportunity, fought, and then no. okay, I'll let you have this one because because you got you got five and six, and you know I I had to fight for this guy, and, and you know should this guy be on the list? Well, some could debate it, right? If you look at the total number of games, he's only played one hundred and ten games, right? But he's got more to play. That's right. I'm talking about the beast that is Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is everything that you want uh, as far as a player, a defensive uh, player on your team. He does everything. And what's I, you know, what is great about what he does is that he motivates the other guys on that defensive line, on that defense, and on that offense. He's that motor. He's the poster boy, gets all of the publicity, but he brings it. He brings it in the training. They show him when he's working out in the offseason. They show him when he's working out after the game. They show him in everything that he does, all business but all friendly. And when it translates onto the field, that's a wrap. This guy can break through man-on-man, can break through double teams, can break through triple teams. Teams fear him, right? And the special play? He had the sack on Alex Smith. 
but he made sure <laughs> that he, he yeah, that's right. <laughs> so not only was you know he bringing all of that, uh, you know, in the game, he he then kind of pulled back a little bit, right? Because he's aware, always thinking. And when you look at the numbers, yeah, they're not where some of the other guys are, maybe before him or after him on this list. But his numbers are just going to keep going up. This is a guy who potentially, if we do this show uh, in a top 10 in three or four years, his numbers will be you know, very yeah. comparable to the guys that are sitting at one, two, or three. Stevie D? Yeah, you know, I, I think you covered a lot on Aaron Donald there. When I think of players today who sign out, outside the quarterback position that sign – you know, uh, what, is it, what did he sign? A nine-digit nine contract, $100 million contract? Yeah. When you think of players that have signed those massive contracts, I don't know if I can name one player outside of Aaron Donald that can say is living up to that contract. So true. Right? So I mean, J.J. Watt got paid. He didn't produce after he got paid. He was hurt every time. I mean, Aaron Donald shows up and plays and practices and does everything – he has earned every penny of that contract. That just goes to show you how good he is because most players are looking to redo that contract or cut a player. That's and right. he is so living up to that contract year after year that the Rams can't do anything but pay him because he's earned it and then some. Because you can't take Errol Donald out of that defense and replace him. You just can't. He is such a force there in, in, the, in that line, not line, not defensive line. He is as legit as it comes um, and I, I so agree in X amount of years when he's set to retire that there's no doubt he'll be way up on this list when it's all said and done. And, and just as a side note, in, in fairness to some of the other players, uh, we I use the Vince Cole's rating scale, right? just to make sure everybody knows. Uh, my rating scale, uh, I gave points, right? If you were a leader in categories all the way across the board. Even in playing half the games, Aaron Donald has um, a rating scale that is commiserate to uh, guys that are a little bit higher and, and definitely more than guys that are lower. That's only in half of his career. Just imagine that, Stevie D. Yeah. Really, just imagine that. All right. Uh, we move on to number six. You know, I don't know how we could not put him on the list because I don't want him coming after me. Okay, I mean, because mean Joe Green, I don't want mean Joe Green coming after me that I didn't. Well, we didn't put him on the list. Yo, right? where's your Coke? Oh, Coke and a smile, baby. Do you have a oh. towel at least? Hey, mean <laughs> Joe. <laughs> but yeah, again, our listeners, that was the iconic commercial. Yeah, yeah it was the iconic commercial, right? The little kid that was like the size of his fist. Yeah, <laughs> it was a great commercial, Super Bowl commercial back in the day. But, uh, you know, Mo, me and Joe Green was, uh, to me, really that anchor, uh, that steel curtain defense up front, obviously. Four-time four Super Bowl champ. Uh, he's got all the Pro Bowls, all the first-team All-Pros. You're talking about eight-time All-Pro, first-team All-Pro, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year. He has a 10-time Pro Bowler, on and on and on about, about me and Joe Green. Um, he was just – I don't know. I, I think the refs just didn't like him, and they just kept penalizing him all year round. But I, I tell you, he, he was a menace on, on that field. He was fast for his size. I mean, think about his size and how quick he was. Um, and so uh, we we have Mean Joe coming at, at number six. Now, in all, in all fairness, and this is not to take away from Mean Joe, played under that steel curtain defense. No, right? he was the leader of that steel curtain defense. Everybody else followed no, him. You don't think Lambert was the leader of that? Guy had no teeth. He's, maybe he played hockey. That in the fact that he had no teeth makes you the lead. I mean, right there, case closed. Mean Joe set the tone. What about Jack Ham? Oh, Jack Ham was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you know, hey, that's Jack how they won four Super Bowls. They didn't win four Super Bowls because of Terry Bradshaw. Well, this, this <laughs> so, is true. <laughs> you had Mel Blunt on that defense as well. So yeah. I mean, they, they had some studs on that on that defense. You know, every layer of that defense had a stud, but. You know, are your linebacker stud without a, a stud defensive lineman? No. Taking up a lot of the double teams. How do you free up some of those linebackers? I'm just throwing it out there. 
All right, the next guy that we have on here, uh, I like him, and probably he should be on one of the other lists that we had, and that Ooh. would be the broadcaster, Merlin Olson. Oh, I'm sorry. You wanted him for defensive line. So go ahead. Take it away, defensive line. No, you know, no, that's not fair because I really wanted the next person. And then, oh, man, you set me up all night. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, this is. You know what? I'll, I'll give you the next two. No, that's okay. That's okay. No, I am looking at the list because I know what would happen. Okay, I see what you're doing here. Okay, okay. So Merlin Olson. I mean, I mean, he was part of that greatest, probably the greatest defensive line of all time. I mean, how can we not? Right? I mean, uh, the, the, they were known as the fearsome foursome, right? Yep. I mean, that's that that was yep. part of the nickname there. So you know, Merlin Olson again, all the stats to back it up. You're talking about a nine-time first team. Nine times, uh, fourteen-time Pro Bowler, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, NFL All-Time 100 list has all all the all the numbers that you can think of, and uh, and we got Merlin at, at number five. Yeah, I you know Mer Merlin was you know iconic when you look at that line. I mean, just you you, you right. see the swim move that he has going through, right? Unstoppable. That that defensive line, well. You know, I, I start to think about what we're going to have with Basham and Rousseau and what, what's the problem? I, 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 the I, guy, the, wait a minute. You're talking about the guy from the U that you were hating on. Well, a couple of years. Now all of a sudden you're on uh, board. I'm Why? Because he was tra he's training. Who's he training with? We, we, we'll talk about him later. Wait, he's later in the show. Thank you for giving a, a little snippet, a little sneak preview. But no, in, in all fairness, uh, yeah, you are talking about just to, and you said it all. Um, he had stats galore, um, was uh, just a beast, right? Um, dominant in everything that he did there. Um, you know, here, here's a guy that lived up to the height, you know, first round pick, you know, third yeah. pick overall, second pick overall, uh, had all the accolades for being a first time or first team all pro or second team all pro had all the Pro Bowls. And I, you know, in Stevie D, unfortunately, we we did not live in that era uh to yeah. be able to see how they define the Pro Bowlers, right? Sure. If you look at today's era and you look at the Pro Bowlers, you know, just because a guy has Pro Bowl uh a tick in the Pro Bowl sure. column, it doesn't everybody makes the Pro Bowl. Absolutely. So if you're you a know, sub for an injury, you're considered exactly. a pro bowler. Exactly. So you're getting guys that are getting free pro bowl, pro bowl yeah. right? Plus you have um, the, you know, whether it be social media, whether it be just the amount of exposure that you have, you have guys that are getting in because of uh, it being a popularity contest. And, and that's where, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to go back into that time and really put a stamp on the pro bowls. But I would, I would believe, based on a lot of what we've read and what we've heard, that the Pro Bowls actually meant something. I think they did back then. Yeah. Right. And especially it, it, the first team All Pro. Right. First team All Pro means more than making All Pro. Well, sure. But I even, think, I, I even think back then the Pro Bowls actually mattered. Right. I think that when, yeah, because they wanted that paycheck. Well, it meant a lot too. when they weren't getting paid. That too. But you, you, you had. You know, it, it actually carries some weight. Unfortunately, it's just been watered down. So when you. No. <laughs> what do you, mean? you can't blitz. Oh, yeah. You can't blitz. You can't tackle. I, I think they play in two hand touch now. So when you look at a 14 time pro bowler, I, I think that that's a legit, you know, a lot of times we don't want to call it what it is, but I think that's a legit stat for Merlin also. All right. All right so. Now, now we're getting to the meat of it, DVD. Now we're getting to the real meat of it. Would you like to do this one? Uh, yeah, I've given it to you. I said you could have the next two. So at number four, part of the fearsome foursome is Deacon Jones. You go back to back. I see how yeah. you're doing it. 
right? Uh, I mean, I don't even think I have to say anything else. I think it's all you have to do is say Deacon Jones, right? I mean, everybody I knows who Deacon Jones is and, and what he's done. I mean, that head slap. I mean, he invented the head slap. He knocked you out just as soon as the ball was hiked, right? Uh, he was just – oh, I love watching highlights of Deacon Jones. I can watch highlights of Deacon Jones all day long. Um, just watching him play just brings a smile. Uh, I wish I was in that era where I could watch him. I mean, when you think about it, they named the sack after him. The sack was named after Deacon Jones, right? Yeah. So, I mean, again, just some of the accolades of an eight-time first-team uh -oh. Here we come, baby. I'm sorry to stop you. I'm sorry to stop you. She's back. Yes. Where have you been, Mrs. D? You know, coming in a little late on the show, we're missing the input. There it is. There it is. Merlin, the guy. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yes, yes. It, yeah. yeah. That same Merlin um, uh, from the show. Yes, absolutely. Sorry, so, Sorry, Deacon. <laughs> so, so uh, I miss his D. So, Deacon Jones, 173 sacks and a half sacks, right? The sack was named after him. Eight-time first-team All-Pro, eight-time Pro Bowler, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, NFL All-Time 100. Uh, so, that's uh, that's number four, Mr. Jones, Mr. Deacon Jones. Yeah. So, you're, you're going to just finish out the, the last three. Because I've had three in a row. So now you get the, the last three. Well, I don't mind getting the last three. We're going to be debating. <laughs> so, who, you know, three, two, one, one, two, three. Is there a difference? Well, there is. Yeah. Three is in a class by himself. And then we go to one and two. Number three, coming in six foot four, 245. A man who was just, just. How do you put it? He he was in a in a class all by himself, right? Uh, when you talk about an enforcer, when you talk about dominance, when you talk about a leader, right? A leader of men uh, in an era where he had to overcome multiple triumphs, right? Whether it be what was happening within the country or what was happening on the gridiron, right? I am talking. None other than Alan Page. Alan Page, up until a certain point, is by far uh, one the was the greatest defensive lineman in the NFL. Like, just great. Uh, you look at it. You know, he won the Most Valuable Player Award, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, six-time First Team, and three-time Second Team All-Pro. He's a nine-time Pro Bowler, NFC Player of the Year. I could keep going on and on and on, Stevie D. Just great. Um, and, you know, has been recognized by his peers and has been recognized by others who were students of the position who then became great players, greatness, right? When you talk about, you know, the Bruce Smiths of the world, you talk about the Reggie Whites of the world, you talk about some of the other players, they always reference Alan Page, right? And then what he did for his life afterwards, honorary degrees, you know, just he, he is, you know, just a great human being. Uh, and so Alan Page comes in at number three. Stevie D? No, I, I thought you said it well said. I, I honestly, I, I didn't know much about Alan Page. Shame on me. Um, and uh, so I had to do a lot, of, a lot of reading up on Alan Page. And, you know, originally when I was going through and I, you know, you look at people's stats and, and I really didn't have Alan Page up that high. And I had to really do a lot of research on Alan Page. And I was like, you know, it's one of those. Wow. So, um, again, I don't want to rehash everything that you kind of said there. So it's a great job on Alan Page. So if it seems like we sped through these first states. <laughs> We did go pretty quick for us, right? But, you know, but honestly, before we do the last two, uh, when you think about this list in, in all sincerity, this was list is where we have a lot of older players from an older generation. I think this is the first one time in our, on our top 10 where we have so many folks from the 60s and 70s that are represented, which I think is awesome because, you know, you fall in love with some of these gaudy stats that some of these 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 newbies are putting out there in the 90s and in the, in, in the 2000s. And they put up these gaudy numbers and everybody's, well, why aren't they there? They have the gaudy numbers. Well, also the game has changed a little bit too. 
that that could help in certain scenarios where these guys were playing with no holds barred rules, and so um, they just played. To me, they played in a tougher era, and they've gotten recognized. So that that's a good point. Let me ask you this question: Do you think that the game today? We know that it there's so many different benefits to um, the quarterback, to the wide receivers, yeah. to the offense. Do you think the game today actually helps the defensive lineman? Uh, and, and, hold on, let me let me explain. Because we all know that if you get too close to the quarterback, right, it's a penalty, right? If you if you don't do play two hand touch, it's a penalty. But the way that they call leg whips, chop blocks, uh, and, and blindside blocks, and other type of blocking schemes that were all allowed, to your point, it was a wild, wild west back then, right, allows that defensive lineman to get off much faster and to be able to use their strength and speed. Added to that, when you look at – and. It, I know this holds true for for all positions, right? But we have a diluted, watered-down game, right? You look at these teams. You look at these rosters, right? You do have guys that, if you were to go back to, you know, uh, cut down the number of teams by eight, right? All of a sudden, it's a little harder to make that roster, especially at an offensive lineman. And so now you see these guys who are great going up against sometimes B, C sure, type yeah. players. Mm-hmm. And does that it you, you would think that you would see a, a higher success rate for some players? Well, I hear what you're saying. I'm not necessarily disagreeing there. I really wanted to add the point of I think in the last 20 years, maybe a little the amount of injuries to to players and linemen and so when when you when you have injured linemen and then you're going up against the stud and you're going up against the twos you know you can have a dominant game or dominant games if you know depending on again i don't have those numbers in front of me where i can talk about injuries to offensive linemen that line up against some of the greats of all time and 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 see how many sacks they get right i mean it's like like michael strand right we see michael strand numbers come up right and i know you know jay if it wasn't for John Runyon, Michael Strahan is not even in the top 50 of defense alignment. Because I think Strahan's half of Strahan's sacks that he got in the NFL was against John Runyon of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. You can say what you want, JDS, but if you had a different tackle than John Runyon, Strahan is not even in the in the in the consideration for taking my guy's record away. Because I think he probably had six sacks on John Runyon. Let, let, let me just let you know. Right now, well, you said, you said Jay, right? Jay, Jay Diaz. Yeah, just to be be careful. I had a conversation with Jay yesterday, uh-huh. and Jay had a lot of venom coming this way, right? I I was deflecting, right? <laughs> I was like the Floyd Mayweather at, at work, right? I was rolling shoulder roll. I was giving all of that because Jay was just bringing it was fury. Well, you part of that is my dad is probably listening, and he's a you know giant Strahan fan. So then it's a knock on Strahan that he shouldn't be considered because half his sacks came against John Runyon. Well, again, be careful because right after, right after that fury was coming at me, I mean, right in my face, DVD, right. he stops, puts the brakes up, locks it up. It says, but Stevie D's my boy. We see eye to eye. We get along. And I'm like... Is there is this still that man crush that we have from you know two months ago? Is this still going on? It's we, still going we, on. we we have a kinship because we bleed green. You better be careful. Because you, you attacked him, and I'm telling you, I'm attacking John Running, and I'm sure he'll agree. He's probably saying right now, you know what? Stevie D is 100 percent right about John Running and Michael Strahan. The Eagle fans know it. There's no surprise there, John Running. I mean, he owned John Runyon. Seriously. John Runyon put Michael Strahan in the Hall of Fame. Simply put, put him in the Hall of Fame. You can take off 35 career sacks off Michael Strahan's career because of John Runyon. Yeah. So it's not really a, a knock on the Eagles as it is John Runyon, but every Eagle fan will know it, knows it. John Runyon, garbage. 
especially when lining up against Mike Mastrana. But I had to get that dig in, and I know I totally digressed from my point because I had to get it in before the show was over, so I took a shot right there to straight hand in that cheap record. Now I have to be careful. You know, I go into work, and he's going to be like, what did you do? You you turned Stevie D against me. No, I didn't. He's trying, Jay. He's trying. He's trying. <laughs> All right, so we really need Michael Buffer here, right? We, we get down to the final two. This, this is like, you know, Ali Foreman. This is like, you know, Floyd Mayweather, Oscar De La Hoya. I mean, this is the fight of Sugar Ray Leonard versus Marvelous Marvin Hag. That's what this is, right? Everybody's looked at the pre-fights. You saw all of that going on, and now it gets down to the final. Two. So it's not the guy behind me? He didn't make the list? Who, Revis? <laughs> or or him? He didn't make the list? Yeah, neither. Yeah, you know, defense alignment, Jet fans. We're going to represent. Yeah. I, I had to give my shout out to my guys. Well, I remember you asking me if I had Vince Wolfork on my list, and I said no, I couldn't do that. <laughs> oh, you're lying. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, I'm getting set up here. <laughs> all right, so all right, if, if we if we break it down, Michael Buffer has already said, you know, let's get ready to rumble. We've had the national anthem, you know, it's ready for round one. So first of all, we're just going to do the tail of the tape, Stevie D. All right, let's do all it. Right. We're going to say in one corner, 279 games played, 200 sacks. 43 forced fumbles, 1,075 solo tackles, two-time defensive player of the year, 11-time pro bowler, eight-time first-team all-pro. We go to the other corner. Okay, go ahead. We go to the other corner. 232 games played, 198 sacks, 33 forced fumbles, 1,048 solo tackles. Two-time Defensive Player of the Year, 13-time Pro Bowler, eight-time first-team All-Pro. <laughs> I mean, when you look at this, it is a razor-thin edge in the difference, right? And so then the, the question is, well, who who is going to get that top spot? Who's going to get that coveted top spot, right? And I, I don't know. Who to put in there, CBD? I, I, in all fairness to all of our listeners, I struggled with this one because there's good things and there's there's great things on either side, and by being so close, you 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 almost feel guilty by not giving the other guy just due, right? I and and I really did. I struggled with this one. When we talk about the research that we do, yeah. I started early with this one, and I came up with my list, and I was, you know, I felt good. I said, no, that's not right. <laughs> this other guy has to go here. And this happened for about two or three days, and then I had to call you. Oh, yeah. And when I called you, I was like, I think it should be a tie. <laughs> I said, that's it. It's got to be a tie. When you think about these guys, you think about – the contributions, you look at the stats, you look, you look at the complete body of work, it's gotta be a tie. Right. And I think I convinced you into it being a tie. And now let me change your mind. I I don't want it to be a tie. I don't (laughs) want it to be a tie. Because I think I was able to justify one over the other. Right? The unfortunate thing, or fortunate, depending how you want to look at it. Right, who is going to be that coveted top spot? The unfortunate thing is that coming in at number two is Reggie White. That that's what you have. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Back up here. Did you put what I thought you put on that exhibition game champion? <laughs> Seriously, I can't believe this, Reggie. This is disrespect, Reggie. <laughs> You you, <laughs> you saw you saw that. Yeah, one. I saw it. I saw it. I mean, I'm going blind, but I I was able to see it. Yeah, I I did put that there. Um, <laughs> Unbelievable. But you know, you know, again, when when you think about these players, right? 
And let's just look at Reggie White, right? Like, you know, he played until he was 39, 232 games, you know, started 228, three interceptions, 20 fumbles. Already at this point, Stevie D, better than everybody else on the list, <laughs> right? You know, 20 fumble recoveries, two fumble uh, recovery touchdowns, uh, had 198 sacks. Combined tackles, uh, 1,111. Now, no safeties during his regular season had one in the postseason, right? The, these numbers here, Stevie D, are cumulative for the career in the regular season. He's right? got the record for most sacks, I think, uh, in a game in the Super Bowl with three. Okay. Uh, I think he holds that record. That's Super Bowl he, record. he was a two-time sack champion, right? That's not on here. Uh Eight-time first-team All-Pro, five-time second-team All-Pro, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, 13-time Pro Bowler, eight, or I have AFC Defensive, but NF, NFC Defensive Player of the Year uh, three times. And, of course, he was an exhibition game champion. <laughs> but you go to the other side, right? And, again, in all fairness, you go to the other side, Bruce Smith. Four, you know, played to age 40, 279 games, started 267, two interceptions, 15 fumble recoveries, right? 200 sacks. So he's the all-time sack leader and will be the all-time sack leader for a while, right? Combined tackles, 1,224 combined tackles. Two safeties, again, regular season. Eight-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, NFL Defensive Player of the Year, 11-time Pro Bowler, AFC Defensive Player of the Year four times, and an NFL record of 200, 200 career sacks. Again, talking about that sack record. Stevie D, this was hard. It's hard. You're, you're talking about two beasts, two men that deserve to take their place at the top of the Pentheon, right? You really do. Unfortunately, in the world we live, in what we do, in you know just how things are, there's got to be a winner. There's got to be a winner. Yeah. And you, you can try to draw conclusions for everything. I think one of the debate topics that we talked about, you know, in justification was the fact that you look at when Reggie was so dominant in Philly, right? So dominant is that he played under Jim Johnson, right? A defensive coach who just basically and utterly just uh, created schemes for all of his players to excel. He played alongside Jerome Brown, right? Who in his right, you know, if it, if it wasn't for what happened to Jerome, he may have been on this list, right? He played with Seth, Seth Joyner. Right. Clyde Simmons. Clyde Simmons. That's right. You're you're talking about a defense that was, you know, they want to talk about the 85 Bears defense. You're talking about at least a defensive line that was better than anything that was around in that area. Well, he's he started with Buddy Ryan mm -hmm. right in Philly. I don't know when I don't I don't know when Jim Johnson took over for those guys, but I thought Buddy Ryan was the defensive coordinator. It may have been it may have been. Again, another defense, and then, and then and then moved over to Jim Johnson at, yes. at some point. But uh, but either way, I mean, they they had studs there. I still think that you know Bruce Smith came in. I, what I didn't know offhand is Bruce came in in '84. I thought he was a little bit later uh, in the draft, and so yeah, he got a, a couple of years there where he didn't have some of the studs that came along. But he, he they had a pretty darn good defense too. In fairness. In fairness, I mean, it wasn't Clyde I, Simmons. And, I'm not going to take away from what we had because we had what you would call good role players, right? You, yeah, you well, had, you didn't have Jerome Brown. Well, the short time I had, I had a, Jerome Brown. Right. I had a Phil Hansen. I had a Leon Seals. All right. Jerome Brown and Clyde Simmons. I, I had Mark Pike. Yeah. Right. You, you, again, you can say who. Now, these guys were good. Don't don't get me wrong. These guys were good, fundamental uh, defensive linemen. Yeah, right. I mean, we they, even... they get all the notoriety now. Later on, and of course, at linebacker, right? Based on 
the way that while Corey was calling the defense, you, you had the likes of a Daryl Talley and then a Cornelius Bennett that came in. And then Bryce Pop came in, you know, one of the great free agent signings. From say. Green Bay, right? He did. Yeah. He did. And, and so I wonder if he came from Green Bay because of Reggie. Did that happen? I, I think they overlapped in Green Bay, and then he left for free agency. Probably because uh, he could Reggie. There it is. There. Now, now we got you, you. You take that back right now. <laughs> you take that right back. I'm just saying. Mr. Mr. White is rolling in his grave right now, saying that he can't believe that. I'll take back that you told me about Vince Wolfwork before I take that one back. Now you choose. <laughs> <We're both father. laughs> you know, unbelievable, unbelievable. But I, I look at those two, and so I have to give. You know, you don't want to take away for something that's great. But Homer call, Homer call with Bruce. See, there it is. There it is. Yep. And we'll talk about the 1,230th defense alignment in Mark Gassido. He made the list, though. He made a list. <laughs> so Don't you dare talk about negative about Mark Gassido. So, CBD, yeah. what are your thoughts? I'm with you. It's one, one, two, two, one. Um, somebody's got to be number one, um, and, and Bruce is number one. I. I could you tell me Reggie White is one and Bruce Smith number two? Yeah, I could do that. Can I say Bruce number one and, and Reggie number two? Yeah, I could do that. That's how close they are. Um, fortunately, um, I finally got to see some players on the Swiss play, and I got to see Reggie play, unfortunately, <laughs> twice twice a year for, what, 17 years or so in, in, the, in the AFC. Uh, so I definitely saw what Bruce Smith brought to the table, and he terrorized the Jets. Right. And his quickness off the ball coming around the edge. Uh, thanks for showing his face. Uh, so, I just I just wanted you to see. You know what he's saying? <laughs> Jets. <laughs> yeah, I eat them for breakfast. Now, so let, 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 I didn't hear this. Uh, again, I, I was speaking with uh, a friend talking about uh, Dimitri, who uh, I think uh, may still be watching the podcast. But he, he told me a nugget about Bruce that I did not know. Now, we all know that the AFC East quarterbacks, Bruce used to feast on all of those, uh, except for Dan Marino. And we know what makes Marino so great, right, was his quick release. And so that that was very difficult. Uh, but I guess um, there was some level of stats that were being generated by by a group kind of similar to Pro Football Focus. And they calculated based on Bruce's ability to get past Richmond Webb at the time, right, so-called the savior for the Dolphins, is he would get past Richmond Webb and get to Marino, uh, that because of the quick release and what he was doing, that it cost Bruce about – in his career, about 50 sacks. Now, 50 is a large number, but I think, now that I think about it, Dan Marino's quick release made Richmond Webb seem like the greatest left tackle right, in sure. history, right? But you, you look at those numbers, what would those numbers have been if Marino was not as great as he was, right? And not Yeah, but then you can say, you know, the Jets – gave Bruce Smith all those sacks back because we didn't have a left tackle. Well, that's true. And, and Bruce <laughs> the Jets. But, you know, when you, I mean, Bruce Smith coming off the edge, being so quick. I mean, when you look at the size of him and how quick he was able to get around the tackles, it's just uh, a tremendous credit to his athleticism for his size. And, you, and, you, and you, I look at Reggie Wyatt and I say, Man, his strength just to bull rush you and just manhandle you. I mean, some of the things that he did uh, oh, was just un unbelievable. Sorry, let you know, your man crush is back. See, Jay, 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 Jay understands, okay, what I was saying with John Runyon. It was not a knock on the Eagles, but we all know that John Runyon was garbage against Michael Strahan. And that's what I was trying to say. You're trying to put a win, you're trying to pin us against each other. Jay, don't let him break us. Okay, don't let him break us. Together, you'll have four wins. 
I'm you, just you know, you better hope and I'm pray. giving you more than what you had ooh, last year. Ooh, you I'm better hope you, you better hope and pray. You better hope and pray that your team doesn't the bed. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's, let, let's right. just two things. All right. Uh, you know what? I want to finish up here. No, no, before you go to the two things that you got to finish up, remember the whammy on Madden. Just remember all the whammies I used to give you a great match. I'm retired from it. That's right. I retired. You're about to retire too. So don't talk. Jay's Jay's my boy right there. All right. Don't I'll put that whammy on it. Don't 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 make me do it. But two things. When you look at how close these guys were, right? You would think that they had similar playing styles. And they didn't. They were diametrically opposite, polar opposites of each other, right? Bruce, when he came into the league, out of Virginia Tech, you know, highly coveted, fat boy. That's right. I said it, fat boy. And what he did was he dedicated himself, got his body, became like this just chiseled right defensive lineman where he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Many Bills fans will remember where it said Bruce is loose, and you can see him in this cut shirt and just, I mean, he really dedicated himself to the craft. But not only was he a physical specimen, he had the speed that was just insane. And so he used his athletic ability and his speed to get around the tackles, to to do the swim moves, to do whatever he needed to do, right? Where on the other side, Reggie, was not that Herculean-type, chisel-type body, right? I'm not calling him a fat boy, but he wasn't like that, right? He was just pure strength, right? You look at he was just raw strength. And Reggie would just throw you out of the way, right? <laughs> Bruce is running around you. Meanwhile, Reggie's running through you and, you know, knocking you. Reggie would sack the tackle. And the quarterback at the same time. That's how strong he was. He would push right. the lineman back into the quarterback and get two for one. That, that That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And, you know, the one thing I will say, and you, you brought it up, you know, uh, we lost Reggie. And, you know, that, that that's always sad because, A, obviously to lose somebody, but could you imagine the conversations, especially in the uh, social media and the 24 by 7 type um, access that we have to players, could you imagine uh, having Bruce and Reggie sit down and just kind of talk about what life was like? Right. 30 for 30 on those two. Absolutely. I I would love to have been able to see something like that. So, well, Stevie D, uh, that's what I got. You you have any parting words on on those two? I just don't know how my boy didn't make the list. He, I told you he did. You know, if you keep scrolling, <laughs> keep scrolling. Well, he he he's in my 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 jet my jet hall of fame there. So uh, but number anyway. one yard, number one thousand two hundred and seventy four in your program. Well, look, it is what it is. <laughs> so I, I'm glad this one is over. <laughs> if I can be honest with you. Well, it's you know, hard. it's not going to get any easier. I know. <laughs> on the defensive side of the ball, I started looking at the, the, the safeties and the corners and, and, and how many gr- amazing linebackers in the NFL have there been, right? So it's like, holy cow. Well, I just that, think that the defensive side of the ball. We got Taley, Bennett, Ray Bentley, Scott Radisick, <laughs> London Fletcher, Shane Codlin. <laughs> You, do you want me to bring it to the current day? Jerry Hughes, you know, he's a tweeter, so we'll put him there. We'll even put in Kiko Alonso for Jay. The legend of Kiko Alonso. He was only a legend when he played for the Buffalo Bills. After that, we were like, all right, we're done with you. Jay is still sorry about that. He, he is. that. That's what. If you ever want to get, get Jay going, just say, so what did you think about that LaShawn McCoy for Kiko Alonso trade? Yeah, that, that's a right. That's in the not top 10 list. Yeah, no, it is not. It is not. So we, we do thank everybody who participated in the show with the comments. We, You know, those who are following us on Facebook or subscribing to us on YouTube. Again, we thank you for that. Uh, the likes, subscribes, 
give us a shout out, you know, interact, you know, put some of your polls, you know, and we'll go over some of those. We, we do have the linebackers coming up and, you know, we'll share some of those comments. We do have the defensive backs, which that really needs to be split between the safeties and corners. But, yeah. 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 We'll, we'll figure that out. We'll do. I think we talked about, we're going to do the top five in each one. Yeah. Right. And that in itself is going to take two weeks worth of prep just to get there. But uh, yeah, give us a like, give us a subscribe. You can always listen to the podcast on, on your favorite podcasting platform. We're out there. Just look for official word sports. Uh, and we just like that fun. We like to talk sports. This is what we do. If we're not here doing a stream or doing a podcast, this is what we do. And so we, we encourage everybody to jump into the conversation, right? Let's just have fun and let's talk. So for my co-host, Stevie D, I'm Vince. We'll talk to you soon.